Let me set the stage for you. You skip breakfast. Well, you caught up with some junk food, which you ate a little too quickly. But that's okay, because after your afternoon appointments, you'll try and make up for your misdeeds by working out. Let's have ourselves a pocket-sized pep talk, because by prioritizing nutrition in the workplace, you're going to improve productivity, job satisfaction, and overall success. And my guest today is going to tell us how. A pocket-sized pep talk, the podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick, inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. Today's guest, Chris Johnson, is an international speaker, thought leader, and best-selling author. He's on a mission to inspire people to take small steps to healthy living through his signature rest, eat, move system. Chris travels the world teaching organizations and their people how to feel their best. He's written multiple books, including his most recent, Rest, Eat, Move. You have the power to feel your best, which I believe is also the name of his podcast. Nice to see you again, Chris, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Rob. And again, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, last time we were talking, we had a little challenge in the New York area with travel, but uh, a little bit better today. So no, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we both look a little less stressed out. We were, uh, <laughs> folks, we were uh, trying to get through Newark a few months ago, and it was just not Newark week. Uh, I never saw anything like it. We were talking about it before we went on the air, but uh, there were people there three and four days. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're both a little more relaxed now. We should, we should be able to, to knock this thing down. Uh, <laughs> with you, you know, I, I wanted to find out, because uh, I was doing some research on you, and a lot of times, you know, we, we don't find a book. The book finds us. The topic finds us. So you you can fix the timeline. I'm noticing you're at least 20 years back in this space, beginning to write. I see some things on Amazon. So let's go back just a little bit. Was there an event? What what brought you to this place where you just decided I'm gonna I'm gonna run around this world and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tackle nutrition? Well, you know, we'll go way back in time. I turned 66 in a month, so I've been doing this a long time. But if we go back way back in time, I, I grew up an economics business major, but I had psoriasis, eczema, and I had a professor. I was an economics professor. And he really started educating me about processed food and profitability. And I quit drinking cow's milk in 1977. My skin got better. And I thought, wow, there's something to this. And I was always interested in working out and, you know, lifting weights and playing sports and things like that. But I was not a healthy eater growing up. I grew up, grew up on beefaroni and SpaghettiOs. And, and so the typical, uh, you know, baby boomer way back in the day, and then I thought, you know, there's something more to this. So I really started being curious on, you know, what, what direction I want to take my career. And so anyway, I went to back to grad school and exercise physiology at Michigan State University. And then uh, I worked for a prim primary care physician for two and a half years, working with high risk people, worked in a hospital doing stress testing. And that was kind of my training with medications and all these problems and then really from there, I went to one of the largest health clubs in the world, the Michigan Athletic Club as a director of fitness. And we had one of the largest personal training programs in the world. And then I started speaking. And then I opened on Target Living in 2006 and started traveling and speaking very similar to what you're doing. So that's kind of the journey. And then today, um, we're here in East Lansing, Michigan. We have a headquarters. My son is going to be slowly taking over the business. When I say slowly, he's trying to push me out, but I'm still, I'm still in. I'm still involved. 
and I'm still speaking and traveling and still writing blogs and books and things like that. So that's kind of the journey, but really it came back to, for me, it was my own health journey. And then I started seeing what really worked and what didn't work. And then I've done over 20,000 training sessions. You know, I spoke all over the world and you see the challenges and the problems we're facing today because their health isn't getting any better. So really that's kind of the overview of what, where I started and where I'm at today. Yeah. And I want you to, if you're looking for a visualization, just think of Rob Jollis with hair because we're within a few months of each other in terms of well, we our are. birth date. And, uh, right. you know, I was out there peddling and, and working hard for New York life and doing work for, you know, for Xerox, but uh, the, the speaking business kind of grabbed me. Uh, so we have similar backgrounds, but, you know, let's stay here for a second because uh, I, I noticed that the medical profession, you know, constantly loves to sort of hand, they, they seem to completely ignore nutrition and want to just give everybody a pill, a shot, something, uh, probably more of a pill. Um, when is that going to change? I mean, it, it, I, I, it, how long are we going to have to put up with the medical profession treating it like, like you're an acupuncturist? Not that I'm against acupuncturists, but that it's some sort of fickle sort of medicine. There's nothing fickle about this. No, and you're you're exactly right. And a couple of things I like to explain to people, number one is your greatest asset is your health. And so when we think about what is your greatest asset, because when you don't have your health, you don't have a whole lot. And, that, and then if you step back a little bit deeper, what are the two things we're not taught in school? Number one is finance. We're not taught about personal finance. And number two, we're not talking about health. So medical illiteracy has never been greater than it is today. And so if you have a hangnail and you don't really understand it, you're probably going to be medicated. If your cholesterol is out of balance, your glucose is too high, you can't sleep, you, you name it. And then, and then on, on one hand, you say, well, why is that? Why are we going after it that way? Number one is the way the system's set up. You only have a 12 to 15 minute office visit. And so if you come in with broken sleep and all these other problems, you can see how the doctor's not going to have a whole lot of time with you. Number two, are you going to be compliant? And so you and I get the whole premise of let's make a deal. So imagine if you had three doors to choose from, what door are you going to choose? Are you going to do the easy door that you're going to be medicated or are you can do the door that you have to do some effort and work? So you can see how this starts to snowball. And last but not least, most physicians are not trained in this space. And so when you put it all together, you can see as a society why we're over-medicated. And we're the only, there, there's only two, you know, two countries in the entire world that are allowed to advertise pharmaceuticals on TV. That is New Zealand and the United States. So you put this all together and you can see why we're over-medicated. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting, Chris, because uh, it's not only our nutrition, it's actually pet nutrition as well. You find that the vets who are you know, very skilled, very knowledgeable about surgeries and things like this, but you hit them with a, with a stomach issue with a dog. And coincidentally, I have a brother who spent about almost 20 years in the dog food business. And he, I can't tell me people I would send uh, to him who had pets that were chronically having um, digestive issues and he would change their diet. And instantly the pet, the pet that had spent five years ill was healthy within 24 hours. I mean, it was quick, but the vets aren't being trained either. Well, and to think about the human body, why do we not think 
nutrition is not medicine. I, I don't get it. Like you said, for your brother and, you know, I have a dog at home and, you know, I feed my dog things that, you know, that are amazingly healthy. So, so it's no different if you're trying to get your dog to have a good fur and coat and, you know, the nails and teeth and digestion, it's no different. And it's the same thing with our kids. We talk about mental health today. You've never seen more mental health and we don't understand the connection between gut health and mental health. Right. So the first thing you look at when you're looking at people that, you know, for example, kids that have all these, you know, behavior issues, the first thing you start with is, are they getting enough sleep? And number two, are they, what are they eating? And now number three, are they moving? So again, hence the rest eat move, but we make this so hard. You know, I have five grandkids now and my grandkids are acting up. We watched them last weekend. They're probably not rusted. They're tired. They're not moving and they're not being, uh, you know, fueled correctly. So it's no different in our world today. Um, why do we not look at food as medicine? And we all know food is love and social, but food is me medicine and information of the human body. And so when people don't really truly believe that, I don't know how, how do they think if you have acid reflux, a Tums is, a Tums going to fix it? When the reality is if you change the pH by drinking some water with a little bit of lemon, it does the same exact thing, but from a health standpoint. So that's the issue out there. Our society is just so misinformed and it's you can see how we're moving in the wrong direction. Yeah, you, you can. And, and I did my reading on you. Your dog's named Floyd, right? Floyd. Yeah, yeah. He's a I got a got a kick at it. <laughs> I haven't heard a dog's name, dog named Floyd in a while. I was smiling. I was going, I might make that part of Chris's intro, but I don't have enough time to put it in there. But yeah, I did. I got a kick out of Floyd. Father. He's, you know, so again, you don't normally hear that name anymore, but he's named no. after your grandfather. That's funny. All right. You say um, that your health begins in your mind. Uh, and uh, you're not going to get an argument from me. It's a great starting point. But tell me about that. Um and, and, and I think I'm thinking like a salesman in terms of, I think we have a lot of solutions, but maybe it does start up here. So break that out for me a little bit. Well, when you sit down with people, you know, you kind of witness this when we taught, we saw each other present, you gotta, you gotta lay out the landscaping, you know, what are their beliefs? You know, if their beliefs are so powerful, they're not going to open up their beliefs. Do they have curiosity? Um, how do you change behavior? Because as you know, and you and I both do this, if, if people are all in, it's easy to, hey, these are the tactics, these are the strategies, but why don't you do it? You know, people know they're going to be retiring. Why don't they save money? You know, so it's no different when I sit down with people initially, I got to really uncover some of those obstacles because they kind of know they probably should drink more water. They probably should move more, but they're not doing it. What is it? So once we start breaking down some of those barriers, then we start looking at how do we build habits? And that's why if it begins in the mind, because if you don't get this right, you know, like people just jump in, hey, do the Kyle Liverall, do the strength training, do whatever. It's not going to work. And that's what I learned along the way. It's like, how do you help people build habits? And you do that one step at a time. So that's where I started thinking about when I wrote my, you know, I wrote my book. I thought, you know what, how am I going to begin? Well, I'm going to begin exactly how I train people or speak to audiences. It really has to get in the mind first. We have to get them thinking differently to help them, you know, act differently. Got it. 
Yeah. And let's, let me repeat that again. The book is rest, eat, move. You have the power to feel your best. I have a copy of that book and I've, I've got about halfway through it. I, I uh, what I find interesting is the information is limitless. There's so much information. It's actually, you know, trainer to trainer, speaker to speaker. It must be very challenging to figure out what you put in an hour. Uh, how you know how you how you break this down because you're on a really important point you know in the, in the sales training world the same thing i'm just going to refer to it as implementation sure. i can teach you how to sell right but if i throw so much at you you right. won't implement it i wasted your time right how do you take a topic like this and get it into those digestive pieces but those those smaller pieces where someone will actually implement these ideas so I think the first thing I try to do, and again, like you, when you're speaking in large audiences, it's got to be entertaining and you got to tell the stories that create this, hmm, I never thought of it that way. And then once you create that curiosity, then we have so much, we have blogs and we have apps and we have books and we have all sorts of stuff. But the first thing I want to try to do is really just get them to think about this and make it entertaining, make it fun but really give them a couple nuggets they can walk away with. And then from there, depending on, again, you know, that's your dilemma. That's my dilemma. Like I, I was asked to speak at the uh, MIT conference in Boston. These are the top CFOs in the world and 400 audience last November. And the guy asked me, said, Hey, can you do your keynote presentation in 30 minutes? And I said, Absolutely. Because I'm going to come out and I'm going to throw some haymakers and I'm going to just give them, give them three or four things. But one of the things I resonate with a lot of people, you need to be intentional about your rest. Now, I wasn't going deep into the weeds about space and, uh, you know, sleep and breathing, whatever. I was just saying, be intentional about your rest. And then from there, then they started going, okay, now what, what would be the one or two things you can walk away with? So it is a challenge, you know, like you only have so much time. Who's your audience? How are they resonating with the conversation? And then that takes you, and that's the fun part about presenting live is that it allows you to like read the audience and like, hey, let's keep going and let's get, let's have fun with this. Right. But the, the thing I'm trying to do with initially with a, whatever time I have is get them engaged, right. give them a couple nuggets of education and let them walk away with one or two things. And I say that every time I'm like, hey, today, all I want you to do is one thing, possibly two. And if you do that, if you can drink 50 ounces of water a day, every day, that's your worst day, we're way ahead of the game. Because most people are dehydrated. So, yeah. okay, if we can get those, you know, build on those big steps, that's the key. Because as you know, in this book, I mean, it's 365 pages. There's a lot here. But I wanted a resource that people could go back and forth, look at their blood work, look at their digestive health, whatever it might be, chapter on breathing, chapter on sleep. So, but it's not meant to be like, oh, here you go. You got to do everything. That's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, my daughter just got her master's in nutrition. We were talking about it. As, as you're starting to hear, Chris and I met at a, at a financial meeting. We were both speaking. And so. I really enjoyed his presentation and I, I, I pay a compliment to you. I usually work with publicists, et cetera. It's rare that I hear somebody speak, hand in my car and go, I'd love to have you on my show. Cause I really got a lot out of what you were saying. And, and um, 
one of the things I found interesting, you know, the, the secret of training for, for both of us is, you know, that old saying, what we hear, we forget, what we see, we remember, what we do, we learn. I think where you have a tall task of trying to take this big topic and boil it down, you have something working for you. And that is you can hand somebody a product and say, you try it. And uh, you you produce some of those products, right? Yes. Yeah. So we have an e-commerce online business. And I started looking at, just like you, I started speaking and I would say, hey, you know what? Everybody needs an omega-3 fat. Pretty much all your listeners, hey, I need an omega-3 fat. Well, most omega-3 fats are not created equal. And so they're going back, they're taking a gel tablet of fish oil. You know, the DHA is not there. The quality is not there. And so I used to send people out. And then my son came on board about 13, 14 years ago. And we started thinking about like, how do we scale our business? But more importantly, how do we help our consumer? And so we ended up designing our own products. We vet them, we research them. And kind of what you said earlier, we don't have that many things. Right. But what we do promote is the cod liver oil, the spirulina chlorella, things that are a little bit more kind of off the beaten path, but are super powerful. And so that's that's kind of where we started going. And now we we have our own product line and um, we have really, this has really grown over the years, but we're really proud of what we basically offer people because it comes from the source. And that's a big principle we teach is where does it come from? And that's what separates. Like people say all the time, hey, is this good, bad, or indifferent? Always ask the question, what's the source? And so every all of our products come from the source. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, you know, and you're right. It's little things. My daughter was, and I'm trying to help her because she's just out of school with this. So she's just so much information. And I was talking to her. She was sort of looking at some things that I was doing. And uh, I'm holding it up so Chris can see it. This tea, I shifted from black tea to green tea. And it's not a major move, but it's a move. I have tea every day. And um and I'm smiling because I keep telling her, I'm saying, that's kind of how I work. I like to master something small. If I'm going to take, you know, that, that cod liver oil, then that's it. But I always worry, same as a trainer for me, I'm going to give people too much information and they're going to wind up going, I, I can't, it's, it's too overwhelming. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. What Chris is telling you, and he walks the walk when he speaks is, you start slow, but you start with a couple of things that you can absolutely implement. You're, you're hydrating to that number. That's a big number. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you're right. The body, my body, and I work out a lot. My body doesn't call for fluid. It's desperately calling for fluid. It's just not telling my brain. It's not reminding me. I have to remind myself to drink. And that's one well, of the challenges with hydration. Yeah, and thirst mechanism doesn't match up many times. So again, yeah. you know, people say, how much water should you drink? And, you know, you're like your daughter will be telling you half your body weight in ounces. Well, if you're 180 pounds, you're not going to probably drink 90 ounces every. So that's where you come back and say, okay, well, let's start with 50. And I really like what you just said that you want to be a master of one or two things. Because once you master them, now that intentionality turns into a habit, you don't think about it. Like I always end my presentations, we talk about habits, like how many of you put your right shoe on first today? And most of the audience has no clue. But you look down, and you see two shoes. That's a habit you don't think about or brushing your teeth or whatever it is. So I love what you just said, mastering one or two things, because that's the key. You know, when I when I get done doing a presentation, 
you know, there's a lot of overwhelm. They're like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. And then I'll say, okay, now let's stop. What's the one thing? Is it the diaphragmatic breathing? Is it the cod liver oil? Is it going for a walk? Is it getting sunlight? Whatever it is, what's your one thing? I want you to write that down. What's your one thing and then master it. Yeah. All right. So let's master a little bit right now. All right. Good sure. luck. I'm going to put you up. Well, well, of course, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm building, I'm, I'm sticking it up right now, but the fact is might have to do with who we're talking to, but humor me. Let's cherry pick a little bit. So we've got people listening. Um, pretty good sales audiences listen here. So uh, might be some people sitting at their desk a little bit too long, maybe not eating the best things. Get, let's let's pull one from each category. So let's start with rest. Uh, the words aren't confusing me, but if I were to remember one thing from this conversation about being more intentional about how I rest or the way I rest, what would it be? Well, I think the first thing is is being aware of how you breathe because most people are chest breathers. And so for your sales audience, once they get anxious, they get a little bit stressed, you move very quickly to chest breathing. And then you become a chest breather, you become a mouth breather, and you become a rapid breather. And so if you just did the opposite, breathe through your nose, use your diaphragm and your belly and slow it down. So as simple as it sounds, it's one of the greatest ways to calm the mind and relax the body, but it's a skill. It takes practice. So that's the first thing I work with all my clients is they need to be able to repeat that in a second. Nose, mm -hmm. belly, slow. Four-second inhalation, six-second exhalation. If they can do that, then long-term, they now have a skill to calm the mind and relax the body. That's a skill. And how many people, you know, we're teaching this to school systems. So if you're trying to get your kids to perform better, it's a great thing to teach everybody, including corporate America. The other thing that's really struggling with people right now is sleep. You know, it's the fastest growing group of medications. We're seeing sleep or lack of sleep like never before. And sleep's a wrecking ball for the human body and the mind. So if you're not sleeping, you can't hack your sleep. I don't care what any social influencer tells you. You, you cut your sleep, you cut your life. And so again, nobody wants to have an unhealthy brain. And so that to me is as simple as like, okay, tell me, I had a guy the other day said, Hey, I'm struggling with sleep. I said, when do you go to bed? He goes, I go to bed at 10. What time do you get up? I get up at three 30. The whole mm -hmm. audience looked at him like, we already know the answer. So as <laughs> simple as it sounds, then you start looking at your sleep. When I go to bed, when do I get up? You know, what's my environment look like? I mean, the list goes on. So these are really basic things, but we're not taught this stuff. Right. You how many cycles of sleep are there? Are you getting enough magnesium? So these are all things that we try to teach. But again, now I want to be a little bit more intentional about my breathing, or I want to be more intentional about my sleep. And the last one is being intentional about your, 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 the amount of space you have in your life. You know, you and I have talked a little bit about this, but the pace of people's lives doesn't add up to their space. And when you put that together, that's a major problem. So again, depending on where they're at, we're going to talk about their breath. They're going to talk about their schedules or they're going to talk about their sleep, but it really gets back to being intentional about your rest. Well said. And you know, uh, here's, here's another fun fact that I, I don't think I've ever disclosed, but I've actually been on a CPAP machine for nine years now. And um, I maintain to this day, I don't have sleep apnea. Uh, I went in, I was congested. I, you know, I had some, you know, put me on my back. There were a couple things in play, but, it, but I will tell you this, 
the moment I got onto a CPAP machine and started getting a little bit more oxygen in, uh, I started dreaming. My dreams were so long. They were, they were boring. My, my wife was a dream. Like I walked down the road, a guy handed me a book. I kicked a rock. I, you've got 20 minutes. Cause it keeps going. I hadn't dreamt in decades. A lot of times we don't know that we're not getting the good sleep. It, when you said 10, wake up at three 30, that one I got. But a lot of times we have people that are going to sleep, but if they don't have a partner or a partner who's going to speak up, they don't realize that when you're, when you have sleep apnea or a sleeping issue and you're not really getting into that deep sleep, uh, it's an issue. Now I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but I can tell you from being a patient that uh, I'll never give up my sleep, uh, my CPAP machine because it allows me to sleep deeply. And th that's a gift to me. Well, and again, it is a gift. And one of the things you said early on, you don't need to be a sleep expert, but before your feet hit the floor, are you dreaming? And I have so many clients that come in and they don't know if they're dreaming or not. And they're not dreaming. Right. Well, if they're not dreaming, they're not getting REM sleep. And if you're not getting enough REM sleep, you're not going to have a healthy brain. So that's step number one. Are you getting enough sleep? And as the night goes on, your REM sleep doubles and triples. So when people get up really early and they're sacrificing their REM sleep, and again, if they want to go to bed really early, that's not a big deal. But a lot of people compromise their REM sleep to get up early to maybe work out. So maybe your audience is, you know, to, to think about that. But I love what you said. Now your dreams are so long and so boring. That tells me you're getting REM sleep. And again, if the sleep, uh, if the, you know, the CPAP helps you, then nothing wrong with it. But again, I think as people breathe better, they snore less, they have stronger diaphragms, they use the nasal passages the way they should be, and now everything starts getting getting better. Makes sense. All right, let's let's go. To, this is going to be a tough one for you. Let's talk about eat, and I'll I'll give you one or two, but because uh, again, I think you'd probably be patient by patient and person by person environment. But um, you know, I gave you this example of just simply shifting off the black tea, as you know, because which I was drinking a lot of, and just going to a green tea. That wasn't so hard. Um, no. Give me something else you think would fit into a lot of people's, uh, you know, environments and systems, not a big move, but make this one or two moves and things are going to really, it's, it, you're going to get a lot of bang for the buck. Well, I think the big thing is making sure people are hydrated. You know, okay. we have AFib out there. We have a lot of problems. Dehydration is a big deal. Energy. So again, number one is, is okay. My drinking water, maybe in the morning I get up and Put a lemon in my water during the day. It makes your body or your gut more alkaline. So that's the big deal. Number two is I really am a big promoter of fasting 12 to 14 hours overnight. I'm not a big fan of intermittent fasting unless you know exactly what you're doing, but occasionally maybe a little longer. But overnight, every day, every night, 12 to 14 hours, you're allowing the gut to clean itself. And then from there, we start looking at the timing. When do I eat? And then start really working on the source. And I think that's the thing that everybody can walk away going, you know, if a food doesn't rot, you probably shouldn't eat the food. And so we make this so hard, like talk about prebiotics and microbiome in the gut, eating an apple, eating more live foods. And then the last piece is I'm going to, I'm a huge fan of omega-3 fats because they do so much for the brain and the heart inflammation hormones. So 
if people can start upgrading what they're doing, eating, they're fasting and they're drinking more water, that you're not going to really go wrong. And then from there, you can start systematically getting more specific of what nutrients, but what most people are missing out there today, they're missing chlorophyll, which is green, and they're missing omega-3 fats. And that's really how I get my clients like, okay, let's eat apples. Let's eat some real oatmeal. Let's, you know, I hear these guys out there talking about this and that. I'm like, it always go back to what's the quality of what you're eating. And you can't compare, you know, I hear oatmeal is not good for you. Oh, is it the processed maple and brown sugar oatmeal or is it the real deal thick rolled oats? That's the, that's what people are missing. They're not asking those questions. So that's the nutrition piece. Okay. Hang tight there for just a second. Yeah. Because, because I, I want to stay on this, this dehydration and hydration. I just think it's so important, but I'm, I'm selfishly asking this for me. I have to remind myself uh, to drink. It, 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 I'm, I just don't get the signal and I swim a lot. I do a lot of stuff where my body's just eating it up and I come out, I feel fine. Uh, how about a couple of signals that the body might be sending? I know I've, I've lived through one or two of them, but I'm going to let you do the talking. Uh, what would be a signal that somebody might want to pay attention to that is a reminder your body may not be sending it to the brain, but it's sending it to this organ, to this part of your body? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things is, number one, is always energy. Because you got to ask the question, what's water do? Well, water keeps blood volume and blood volume drops and the list goes on. The other thing too is skin. What's going on with your skin? I mean, a lot of people are taking collagen and whatever, but one of the greatest things for skin is staying hydrated. So it's energy, it's elimination. You know, if you're not eliminating regularly, you create toxicity. So you can see how this starts to roll because about 95% of people coming to emergency rooms are coming in for dehydration. And then from there, again, in our on our website, uh, I'll send you a link to this, but we have a Know Your Numbers handout. And the Know Your Numbers handout is a one page. It's so simple. Give it to your doctor. But at the bottom of it, it's called glomular filtration rate, GFR. It's a kidney function. And so when people are not drinking enough water, I see it instantly. Wow, your GFR is really low. You know, at your age, you and me both, our GFR should be over 80. Right. Doctors don't talk about it unless it sits under 60. If you're 40 years old, it should be over 100. So, so now I've seen like people are taking too much protein powder, too much caffeine, too much alcohol, not enough water, GFR falls. And we've never seen more dialysis clinics in the United States today. So that's the big one that right. I see from a blood standpoint. They're like, wow, I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, it's a big deal because your, your organs are not working the way they should because you don't have enough hydration. And I always tell my clients, when you think about elimination, your urine should look like Chardonnay, not completely clear all the time, but it should have just a trace of color. Right. And that's a good signal. Am I getting hydrated or not? Right. And the more color and odor, the more, the more dehydrated we are, just to confirm right. that. Yeah. So again, you create, you're starting to create more toxicity. Right. How, how, and how, because a lot of seniors don't drink enough water because they're afraid they have to go to the bathroom too much. But when people are on any kind of medications, that toxicity goes right through the roof. So again, just it, whether you're on meds or not meds, you want to make sure you're hydrating so the body has an opportunity to clean itself. And if you don't clean itself, it builds up over time. And now you got a cesspool inside the body. Got it. Okay. You hear that? 
that should talk talk you in up being hydrated. If nothing else, you don't want a cesspool in your body. body. (laughs) Now I'm gonna have that will be in my dreams tonight while I'm walking down that road. The cesspool in the body. Thanks for that. All right, one more. That one, but you got that out of me. (laughs) All right, we got rest. We got to eat. Give me a move. Well, I think the move thing, if, again, motion creates positive emotion. And so one of the greatest things you can do for your brain, not necessarily your body on top of that, but is having a mindset around movement, moving your body every single day. A lot of people are like, I don't have time to go to the gym or I don't like going to the gym. I'm not asking you to go to the gym. I'm asking you to actually move your body intentionally for five minutes or more a day, every day. So it's like compound interest. And then from there, once they start getting, you know, I'm a big fan of restorative stretching, strength training, play. I'm a huge fan of play. So these are all things, especially in in our age group. I see more and more people are not playing anymore. I'm like, why are you not playing? Well, because I can't. Okay. Do you want to play? Yeah, I want to play. Then we start training to play. So again, motion creates positive emotion. That to me is the number one benefit. So just getting the mindset, like on the back of our handout, Again, for the your listeners, this is all free. But on the back of your hand, our handout, our our food target is dynamic warm ups, two and a half minute routine, simple to do, no equipment required. It's that simple stuff that really adds up over time. Yeah, I'm gonna have you repeat it in about two minutes, but give it to me now. What's that website again where they can get this? So this is our website. It's called OnTargetLiving.com. Got it. Okay, good. And you know. If you don't mind, my I'm, I'm going to be a junior, Chris. When somebody asks me, and I'm a guy who's been working out for um, over 50 years uh, and have maintained a schedule and really stayed with it, uh, the key is, and you said it, one, you got to enjoy it. I mean, let's find something. Rob's pushing on, you know, give me something to move with. Let's start with, if you don't enjoy it, we're not going to keep seeing you here. That's, that's that New Year's Christmas bump that we see, and people oh. are – in the gym way too long doing way too much and it's like well i'm sure you're having a good two weeks but i want to see you here for 20 years so if you're not having fun or you're here too long that's one but i'll give you my two uh i really like swimming and um i really like yoga i'm not a power yoga guy but a vinyasa flow something to do what you just said which is I just need to stretch that body out a little bit more. And um, I do other things, weight training, things like that. But that stretching and that swimming really works for me. Keeps me coming. Well, and the other thing too, you enjoy it. Yep. And so I had a couple in the other day and I had them do some stretching and posture exercises. And they left here and they said, is this all we have to do? I said, yep, we're going to do what Rob just said. We're going to try to perfect it and we're going to get it down. And I got an email um, two days later from this woman. She said, I got to tell you, my husband is dialed in because he was afraid that you were going to give us too much to do. There you go. And you you gave us a little bit less than we thought. And he goes, it's plenty. Now he's doing it. He's practicing it. And um, there we go. That's the key. So like you're swimming, you're stretching. I stretch more than I've ever done before. I enjoy it. I like how my body feels, but I think the big point you just mentioned, you have to start, not have to love it, but you have to kind of enjoy the process over time. And if you don't like it, you try something else. And one of the things I used to do back in the day when I was training clients, I would ask them, what activity would you like to learn how to do or to continue to do? And then we would design a 
routine around them playing that activity. And that was another motivator to say, okay, I want to still keep hiking. I want, you know, it's interesting. I was water skiing a couple weekends ago. And it's funny because I think my grandkids think, how in the heck does this old guy water ski still? So, but that's the stuff that I, I try to promote. That's the stuff I try to do with myself is finding activities you enjoy. Bingo. And uh, I'll give you a little saying that uh, maybe you've heard this before, but if not, you can re- we can remind ourselves in the world of training, at least I was taught by a guy at Xerox when I was very young and just a famous trainer for Xerox. And he used to say, emphasize everything, emphasize nothing. You really have to pick your spots. And it isn't a one size fits all is what you heard Chris talking about kind of over and over again in this conversation. What's fun for you? Now, we still want to make sure that your form is right, things like that. But it starts with, I want to see you here for the next 20 years. Let's find something that fits into your wheelhouse. Got one more quick question. I mean, 10 second question, but I just got to this, this, I got to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) <laughs> frozen fruits yay or nay yay that's what i heard and it shocked me tell well, people why well the big thing when you look at frozen fruit in my opinion i mean you're 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 at the source okay right Number two it's for many people it's it's accessible and it's easy it's like i had a i had a smoothie today and sometimes during the times of the year I, we're, i'm from michigan you're from the east area so the goal is what's what's repeatable, what's doable. Now we were up in northern Michigan a couple of weeks back, and we went to this Amish market. The 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 strawberries. I mean, you can't you can't replace that, right? Again, local. I've, obviously, fresh is the best, but that's what we make it so hard. So what's wrong with frozen fruit? Back to the source. So again, you want to make it easy for people, and that's one of the main. One of my favorite fruits is dark frozen cherries. I put them on my oatmeal almost every day. So that's the key is, is like get close to the source, but we need to make it repeatable and easy for people. Got it. All right. Write down, down, write that down, everybody. Johnson's eating cherries on his oatmeal. We must repeat that. Chris, it has been a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you. Give me one more time. How do people get a hold of you? So the easiest thing is my, my email. I'll respond to you at Chris Johnson at on target living. That's my direct email and our website's on targetliving.com. Outstanding. I'll have it up on our site as well. Uh, I have, uh, I just really, I, I knew it when I saw you speak and, and they were doing a, a, a time piece on you as well. I knew you had to sort of bob and weave and fit it in. And that's when I said, well, this guy, this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, I've enjoyed your book folks. I want you to get that book, please. Uh, unless you've got a, a library of nutritional books, uh, I, I've got one. Uh, you don't hear, I, I get a lot of books given to me this one. I'm, 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 as I said, about two thirds of the way through, if you just made it a little bit smaller. Uh, but, um, that just means there's a lot of great information in there, but, um, you know, the rules on this show, I'll get the book, read the book, write a review on the book. And, uh, that is your, that's your dessert with a cherry on top of the Sunday, but it's a healthy Sunday. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us really deeply appreciate it. And I'm enjoy, um, enjoying your friendship as well. So thanks so much for being on the show. My pleasure. We'll do it again as well as we can next time, everyone until then stay safe. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
can also get more information on this show and Rob at Jollis.com.